Welcome to the Rep It Up Podcast, where fitness philosophy meets up with sales strategy. And now your host, award-winning trainer and sales strategist, Corey Angelin. Welcome to the Rep It Up Podcast. As always, I am your host, Corey Angelin. But today is a good, good, good friend of mine. We go back a long ways. Now, most people know him as trainer extraordinaire. He's got multiple certifications in a variety of different genres in fitness. Um, his passion, though, is teaching specifically cycling and running. I certainly know him as, as a, a, one of the best trainers I've known, who's had one of the biggest followings I've ever known, obviously second to me. Um, but his name is Ashton Antoine. How are you, Ashton? I'm doing good, Corey. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, one of the when I think of of you and and our relationship in the past, and when it comes to fitness, and and specifically, you know, obviously when COVID hit, you know, the what theme comes to me is, you know, from big box to virtual, because uh, you know, you and I basically grew up in the big box environment at at a variety of gyms, and then a lot of us were forced to go to virtual, and and I wanted to get you on because you know you've you've not only done that and accomplished the virtual aspect of, of being able to train clients virtually, because a lot of us are forced to do that. Um, and, but then you also have aspirations to um, take it even further. And so I wanted to kind of start off just like, what was your time like before COVID hit, you know, uh, and, and take me through like, most people don't understand how many clients who used to train, I think to put it in perspective, I'd love to hear like what that life was like. And then we'll kind of talk about what last year, you know, and everything that happened then. Okay. Well, prior to COVID, I was very much uh, focused in building my clientele and sustaining what is known as the one-on-one -on -one model in, in personal training. Very successful. Hit a, a all-time monthly goal, you know, prior to COVID, doing uh, 200 and. 14 sessions. That's what I was getting at. Had like that, was a, that, was a, that was a softball <laughs> question. Let's not, let's not move on from that. I want people to understand. I could, this, only, this point only gets across with fellow trainers because like, I don't think people understand two over 200 sessions, right? A month. Yes. Yeah. What, yes. What is that like? How many sessions is that a day for people that can't do basic math? That's like, Nine to ten sessions a day. Yeah, nine you know, to ten hours doing, a day. Yeah, it, it it takes a lot. You know, a lot of focus, a lot of discipline. You know, a lot of accountability. You know, to your clients and for yourself because they have to show up. And when they show up, you have to have that program ready to go, and you have to match their energy coming in. They may be frustrated. They may had you know a good day. You may be coming off the weekend. Whichever it is, you have to be ready to match where they are and then, you know, guide them to where you want them to go. How did you, before we get to the evolution so, of that time, but how did you get to that point? What were some of the key things that you did in your career? Because getting people to show up is an art form, right? It, it's, most of that is due to you. What did you do to, to accomplish that? Yes, definitely it's an art form. Well, coming into the, to, to the fitness industry, I find myself leaning on and staying close to those who have been there before, you know, within the box gym and outside learning what, you know, 
what they have done, what worked for them, what didn't work for them, and just taking all that in and molding it into, you know, my personal model. And one of the things that I realized is when you focus on your passion, the integrity falls in line, people understand why you're doing it, it comes out clear because it's, it's, it's just bubbling out of you, and that allows them to buy into why you're doing it, and that then eventually leads to them showing up. I love that. So then take me through. So you're doing before COVID hit, you're at that 214 uh, session a month. Um, things are going great, right? Um, what did you have? Yes. Did you have uh, when COVID first hit, what was life like at that moment trying to juggle and figure out what you're going to do with your clientele? Okay. Well, prior to COVID coming to the end of 2019, I started, I always believe in smarter instead of harder. So I started molding that concept to, to come to light even more and more, you know, small group training and other aspects of that, you know, smarter instead of harder model. So when, just before COVID hit, I was in the mindset of working towards a four day work week, hmm. right? And when COVID came, I was actually to implement that, say, starting in April or May, because I had to give myself time to transition with the clients that I have and reschedule people accordingly. But when COVID came, I saw it as, hey, this is an opportunity for me to get a vacation, so to speak, yeah. you know, early vacation more so, right? And it gave me time to look at where I want to go, the business, what is real, what's not real, you know, embrace the change, embrace the challenge, you know, look for the opportunities that are there. And just, I just took two weeks and just relax, just, you know, do nothing. And then after that, you know, the virtual model came in and I started working with clients that, you know, were willing to do the virtual model with some body weight movements and some, you know, what we call corrective movements as well. So it give them time to focus on those things that you wouldn't necessarily uh, heavily focus on when you're in the gym. And it, it, it took off from there. How did you manage like the platform itself? Did it take a little bit of time getting used to? And what was the response from the clients when you first were like, I mean, we didn't really have a choice, but what, what was their response? Like how they reacted to like, Hey, Great. I still get to train with you. It's virtually. That's fine because that's the environment we live in. But what was that feedback like? Some, some, you know, resisted, you know, because they, they leaned heavily on the value of going to the gym and the amenities that, 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 are, that come with that. Yeah. And, you know, I just encourage them, Hey, that, you know, the program is going to be modified for at home. We're going to be using your body weight primarily and whatever equipment you have at home. And I say, just give it a try. Let's just do 30, 30 minutes and we'll take it from there. Of course, one of the things is, as, as you would know, coaching online requires a different skill set than when you're coaching in person. There's no, you know, tactile cues, right? So that. it's yeah. all, all, co all words, you know what I mean? So, but they were very responsive. And then after they did that 30 minutes, they decided to, you know, they really bought into it. And, and I have clients who are with me still to this day from, from when it shut down. Yeah, that's one thing 
I don't think people understand is that cueing is a big part of, especially tactile cueing. Give an example of what a tactile cueing. If I'm doing a squat, what would be a tactile cue? If I'm doing a if you're doing a squat, and let's say that you're 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 knee dominant in your squat as opposed to hip dominant, right? I will just place two fingers on your knee and then tell you, okay, squat. You know, send the hips back. That right there is is your tactile cue. Uh, spoken like a true professional. No, I love that because again, most people don't understand that that's a big part of what we do, right? You know, the the, the two big yes. things of what we do is like cueing and our personalities. That's really where trainers thrive. And when you take one of those away, that's very hard to do. So I love that, I appreciate how you, obviously it took a little bit of, to get used to because you, were, you didn't have that ability. Um, but then I'm assuming you just got into a cadence when it, become, it just became more familiar in that virtual setting, right? Absolutely. You know, some of the cues that you use in person, they still apply, right? But now that you're looking at a screen and coaching someone, you just become a little more creative, a little creative in terms of precise in, in, in your cueing, using less words that are more effective in, in your cueing. And, you know, people get it. Yeah, they do get it, right? We do give them, we do give our clients some credit. Um, so last year, <laughs> what, were the, what were the lessons you learned along the way as you were trying to build this virtual, this virtual platform, right? Um, and, and do it consistently. So program One of the design, yeah, like, I, what, was it program design? Did that change at all or? It did because you have to modify it for people's homes and the space that they have. Right. So being able to alter the program, because if your program in the gym is OK, back squat, there's no rack at home. You know, some people may be fortunate to have a, you know, home gym and it has a rack. But things like that. So you have to be able to modify the program, but still stay within the objectives of the program. Yeah, because like for squatting, for example, you know, you could have a bodyweight squat, time under tension. Okay, let's go three, two, one, hole at the bottom, and then one, two, three, back up to the top. Let's pulse, you know? Let's just do an asymmetric hold. There, there are many different ways. So one, programming, modifying programming was one. Two, um, cueing, having that, that verbal cueing, you know, sharpening that up. Three, uh, exercising a little uh, more patience. Because, you know, in person, you could, always, you could always use that tactile cue, but because it's virtual, it isn't there. So you have to exercise a little more patience. And that patience sometimes requires you to let the client figure it out a little bit. You know, let them do this, let them do that. Then you give them a cue, have them do that. And then you ask, which felt better? So then they can identify with what is working. And that's what we want you to do. Yeah. I think one of the cool things you mentioned to me in the past that what you're trying to do is really like, you feel like one of the new ways of being a trainer is this hybrid model, right? Which I love, which we never really had in the past when it came to being connected to your trainer all of the time, right? Talk to us about mm -hmm. what the hybrid model is. It's, it's an easy concept, but we, we, not a lot of people have it. Well, the hybrid model is basically utilizing two models. 
you have the one-on-one -on -one model, which is a traditional model, and then the virtual model, right? Merging both of them together gives you the hybrid model. So you could have, if it is you want to have 40% of your clients being in person and 60% virtual, that's your model, 40-60, you know, in terms of one-on-one -on -one to virtual. Or you could flip it around where the majority of your clients is virtual and you're just specializing with in-person clientele. Yeah, I think it's important. But I love both models, right? Yeah, because as a trainer, you if you really think about it, you're only able to cater to people that live in your community. I mean, if you work at a gym, you're really training people that live around your gym. Whereas the virtual, which is, I don't know why we didn't think about this years ago. It took a pandemic to figure it out. You could train people and be connected <laughs> to them anywhere, right? So literally when we talk about the revenue stream, the, mm -hmm. the possibilities are endless, right? And it's also yes. helping change even more lives. So what, so I love that. So when did you sort of think about that that's sort of the route you kind of wanted to go rather than like just, just do virtual and then when everything opens back up, I'm just going to scrap that and go back in the gym? Well, I do have a, a group fitness uh, background as well, right? And the group fitness model is one to many. So virtual is basically that. And as you mentioned, you know, you're not tied to the people that are living around the, the gym you know, with a, say, a five-mile radius per se, people could be on vacation and you could still tap into you and, and you still get to change their lives even while on vacation, right? And it just goes back to that, you know, basic concept of, you know, each one teach one. Because if yeah. I am able to impact you, you could probably share that with your wife. She says it with a girlfriend, a neighbor, you know, so it just ties all that together. And as you mentioned, the revenue stream is... is, is I mean, hey, it's it's open. It's like open road on the highway if you're driving in a in a new Mustang, right? And but the key thing is more so than the revenue is is being able to touch as many people as possible within a specific time. Yeah, I think you know my only regret is not becoming a group fitness instructor earlier in my personal training career because of that group aspect and that community feel. Um, of course, you have seen me teach a group fitness class, and obviously I'm amazing at it, but um, I wish I did it earlier on like yourself. What impact has the group fitness training, um, what has that had, what impact that, did that have on your personal training, your one-on-one -on -one, um, training? What impact has it had having done a lot of classes or teach a lot of classes? Well, pre-COVID, that has allowed for an overflow. So people yeah. come into the group fitness environment, they like the community, you know, the community dynamics of it. However, there's still key movement patterns that they need to work on. And having a, a, a personal training as, as, as my, you know, bread and butter per se, having that, it allowed me to be able to cater to those people in a very unique way. So I am a group fitness instructor. We do the group dynamic but then there's still that one-on-one -on -one touch for us to work on, say, your deadlift pattern, you know, your, 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 your squat pattern, you know, your swings, your push, your pulls, that sort of, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's the biggest challenge, right? Because when you're teaching 40 people, you know people are doing stuff that are wrong. <laughs> they, just, they just don't understand the, the technique, and it's hard, right? It's yep. hard. But, but also, that being said, your group environment always leads to 
an increase in your one-on-one clientele, right? Because how many people would take a class from you and then want to also be trained by you? Uh, I mean, it, it, there's a point in time where, you know, there's only, as you know, there's only so many hours in a day. So that's when I move from the, the group fitness dynamic to the small group dynamic for those people. Yeah. So, hey, we still have the community, but you get a little more one-on-one in a small group dynamic and it, and it worked. Yeah, trainers don't understand that small group is more bang for the buck for the amount of time you're doing it in, right? And they put so much effort into one on one training. If they just understood, you could increase that revenue by training two, three, four people in the same hour at a cheaper price for them, right? They don't get it. Um, <laughs> so, what, what, when did you sort of uh, go through the sweet spot of being really, really comfortable with virtual last year? And like, what does it look like today? Like, how does it work for you? Um, everything down to getting ready for a workout online to how do you take payment? Like things people don't think about. Well, one of the things that early that I had to establish was uh, getting a system going. Cause you know, yeah. when you in, when you're in the gym, that that system is already there, you know, up and running. It's 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 you know it's a it's a performing machine. However, at virtual, you know, you need to get a system for 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 screening or for assessment, for booking, for having you know the virtual consultations. What you're gonna do in that consultation if you're gonna do um, um, some movement assessment, just a little connection. Uh, revenue sales how you going to collect you know prior to prior to to covid i didn't have any sort of you know system for that but now you know you gotta have a system you can use there there are a number of, of different online you know um calendar systems booking systems and you know platforms that allow for 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 that type of training is there any, any, anyone you would recommend specifically or um, anyone that works better than anything else or um, that people could, uh, you know, think about in terms of a recommendation? I have used um, Calendly, which is very okay. popular that, you know, for, for, for scheduling. Also, Squarespace, if you're thinking about, you know, for in terms of, of, of sales and revenue and reporting and that sort of stuff. There are a number of different training platforms like Trainerize. You have um, True Coach and Trainhoric. Those are those are good as well. I am leaning um, towards using one as opposed to all three. Yeah. Just because I'm, just because you know, it has a different feel for different clients, and I'm just getting feedback from from the clients that I have right now, hey, let's try this platform and give me some feedback on that because the feedback that they give is valuable to the experience that you provide, right? What, what's the experience you know, that, I, 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 what, what is that feedback? Like what, do, what, do, what is the, the customer or the client facing aspect to it? What do they want from a, from a platform if they're being trained by you? Well, one that I'd be able to, uh, it's easy for them to follow along, see you. There's a timer. You could uh, click and they could see a demonstration of the moves that, that, that nice. you know, for the movement. Those things, are, those things are important because sometimes in the program, I may say, okay, 
take a look at this movement. This will give you an idea what we're going to do, but I will coach you along because it's, it's going to be a modification of that. It may be a progression of that, you know, or it may be a regression of that. But this is an idea of what we're going to do. They'll get it, conceptualize it, and then I coach them through that process. So that's very key, being able to, you know, give demos, you know, while you're coaching them live. Online. Is there, what do you do with the auditory experience? So are there, are there, is there music being played in this particular type of setting? Is there, what's like, what do you like to create in terms of the environment? Because these are, again, things people probably don't think about. It all depends on the client. You know, some people um, want to hear music. Some people rather not, you know, and I will let a client more so choose what they want to hear because it's their favorite music because it's their experience. Yeah. Right. I'm just here to coach them along. You know, when you're in the gym, the gym plays whatever. And there are many a times in sessions, clients are like, I hate that song. Oh, I love that song. That's, and they're ready to jam to the song while you're focusing on, okay, let's get through this set so we can move on to the next one. So I let them dictate that, you know, we do a test, make sure the volume is right. They can still hear me clearly. They have a little music in the background. And, you know, you know the value is there and the experience is great. They, so they come back. What's the state of the industry now as you see it? Um, and then we'll talk about what you want to try to accomplish moving forward. For one, I see the immediate, like for the rest of 2021, it's going to be an uphill challenge for big box gyms. You know, um, boutiques will tend to uh, do better. Of course, that's based on local and government restrictions or whatever because there's a personal relationship that I have with the owner, right? And I've heard people say they want to support, you know, the owner because they know the owner, right? You wouldn't necessarily hear someone saying that for a big box gym. Yep. So the challenge is there for the big box gym to, you know, maintain their current membership as well as to increase or bring in new membership. So that's a challenge. Boutiques are going to survive it's definitely going to be more of a virtual model because now we're in the gym, people relied on an, a live coach where they could get to mirror movements per se in real time. Mirroring movements on a screen is not quite the same. Yeah. You know, you don't get all of the angles that, that, that you can when you, you know, live in person. So, but, for those who are aware or cognitive about their movement patterns and are pretty efficient, they will continue doing virtual stuff. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I could, I, you're spot on. I mean, you, you know, I, I'm in the boutique fitness space and that's what we've seen. That community aspect has really helped them. And obviously that that's sort of what a lot of big box gyms lack. It's just merely because of size. It's not like anything they're doing on purpose. Um, Mm -hmm. What's then the plan for you as you ramp up that virtual aspect of, of your career? How do you do it? How do you scale it? What, what, what's the bigger plan? Well, I believe individually and collectively, we could elevate our awareness to make sustainable changes for ourselves, the community, and the environment. So my, as I ramp up my virtual model, it will to cover those three things, self, community, and environment, right? And it's an embodiment of everything. Because if we are better 
and taking care of our health. We could help somebody take care of their health. And then that raises our awareness to take care of the environment, which we know is it's, 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 it's major, right? It's, it's, it's like, we can't not survive without a, a, a clean, pollution-free environment, right? The water we drink, which we know is, is, is a scarce commodity already, we need that. So for me, it's just about raising that awareness, getting people to first buy into their health and wellness, right? And then we work on building the community. And with the community, we look to, okay, take care of the environment. Yeah, that's why I, w- I wish they changed the name from personal trainer to lifestyle trainer, right? Like that's what you're describing is like, the li- like what you do is not just show up for an hour and then you work out. It's like, how do you, how do you maintain all aspects of life and do it in such a way that it's community-based, right? That's the biggest thing. Uh, that's what I try to tell trainers all the yes. time. You have to be a community person because that's where you get buy-in, frankly. Um, so fast forward a year from now, what does the business look like for you, for you personally? So still doing the hybrid, is it on a larger scale? What are the big, what are the big nuggets you want to get across in the next year? Absolutely on a bigger scale. I want to shift to a 60-40 model or more, 75-25 even, because reaching more people is, is a passion. And the virtual model will definitely, you know, assist in that. One-on-one is, is my, you know, it's my heart, you know, to program, oh, yeah. see the progression and, you know, and have that, see people achieve their goals. You know, like when you train runners and they want to improve their, their, their time, their pace, and you you know, work them through the process of the program from A to Z. And then when that time comes, they could perform at, at that level. It's so rewarding for me to see them succeed in, in achieving their goals. So for me, in the next year or so, will be like 75% of my, my, my business I would like to have online, which is specialty, really specialty, you know, in that 25% people who are looking to chip away at the, the lowest hanging fruit. You know, I want to be able to climb a hill better if, you know, as a cyclist, I want to be able to, you know, be able to sprint, you know, to the finish line, those, you know, attainable goals that, that is in itself, not actually tangible, but it is like so rewarding for them to, to be able to achieve. Has it been easier to, dive in more into a client like like i think about when you're when you're doing that many sessions and and i've done over 200 sessions in in a month as well so i know what that grind is like but very often you get someone in you have a great session but when that top of the hour comes you're you're getting ready for the next person right there is none of that like all right what are you going to do later okay well why don't you do this one no you're like you're out the door unfortunately and you're like next person in (laughs) yes has it been easier to dive into people's lifestyle and help them outside of just the one workout you're giving them for the hour when it's virtual? And are you like, what, what is that like? Cause I, I, I haven't been there yet from a virtual standpoint. So, um, or is it typically the same? You're like training them for an hour and then the next person's logging on. Usually I give myself like 15 minutes, you know, between virtual sessions 
because there 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 are things that are you know uncontrollable. There may be yeah. a little technical glitch, you know, connection. This that the mic doesn't work. You can't see me. That kind of thing. So I usually give a 15, 15 minute buffer. And with online training, the focus is really on the work, yeah. right? In person, it's a little different because you know you could have them do this and we could go straight into a superset, right? To make sure that they still achieve certain sets and reps. With virtual, it's a little different dynamic. And, but you still want to give them the full value of the hour, yeah. right? So what I tend to do is during their rest time or the recovery time, then is where I will chip away at, you know, how was the weekend? Were you able to do X, Y, and Z, as you mentioned, going into the weekend. How was that for you? Or, you know, things like that. But then outside of the session, I would usually email a check-in, you know, check-in, how is everything, how you're feeling, especially if they, they, they made a progression in, in, in the program, they had a heavy lift or so. How do you feel? You know, I had a client who had a back issue, keep checking on them. Hey, how is the back? Are you doing the, the, the exercises that I give you to alleviate, you know, your, your, your back. Or just before the session, take about, you know, three minutes or so just to have that one-on-one -on -one with them. How are things going? How you feel? Slept good last night? Ready to go? Okay, let's go. Yeah, no, I love that. What would, so then I'm thinking back to like, if you had to give a young trainer like one or two pieces of advice, what just what would it be just getting started as a trainer? Because I wanted to ask you that question just with the amount of experience you have, regardless if it's virtual or one-on-one -on -one in person. Um, so if you had to give the, the young Ashton some advice back when you first started, what would that advice be? That advice would be one, focus on a passion, focus on developing your skill. Um, have a mentor. Oh yeah. That's it will one. save it will save you a lot of time and wasted effort in reinvent, trying to reinvent the wheel. They have been there before. You could learn a lot of the things that work for them as well as what hasn't worked for them. And that time has diminished in so much, you could hit the ground pretty much running. That's great advice. I mean, and always education. Oh, that's, that's, you know what? That's funny that you say that because I, that slipped my mind, right? It's always continuing to get better, which, which, which yes. you know, a lot of people don't do because they're like, I have a certification already, right? Like I don't need to, I'm certified. What do I need to do? Um, what, what, what's yeah. your advice when it comes to education? I'd love to know. Just like, is it something you do every year? Do you want to get, do you, do you just get continuing education credits, which we all need just to keep our certifications? What is your cadence when it comes to, or is it whatever pops up you might like you, you tend to do it? Well, definitely, you know, for your certification, you want to get your continuing education, your CEUs for that certification, because you're going to, at some point, have to recertify, yeah. right? And just by CEUs alone, you could, do, you could achieve that, depending on, on, on which certification you have. Not only that, just reading. And, you know, going to workshops. Because remember, I might be in front of a, 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 a person who's hosting the workshop who has been in the industry for 20 years. And he or she is going to condense 20 years into whatever time the workshop is, is for, whether it's be an hour, two hours, 
two days, whichever. So you get an, all of the, the golden nuggets per se from that workshop. But more so outside of that, just reading and, and having that desire to learn and keep learning. You may come across the same concept more than once, but you'll get various viewpoints. Like we all know what the squat pattern is as personal trainers, right? But then the squat is going to look different for everybody. Yeah. Why? Because of certain anatomical limitations. And having that understanding would allow you to identify, especially if you have a new client in front of you or even an existing client, okay, let's do this squat. Oh, that's why. Okay, so let's do this and tell me if that, that works better for you. Does it feel better? Yes. Voila. You don't have to explain to them, well, you know, last week I did a certification and it told me to do this and I'm trying to cut you now. No. All they know is that you have bought and presented that value to them and they love it. I love it. Spoken like a true professional. So, That's why I asked you the question. Um, Ashton, how do people get a hold of you? Um, what are, how do they follow you? How do they book a session with you? Because um, I would highly advise it. That's why you're on the show today. Um, so walk me through what the easiest ways to, to, to get a hold of you and to follow you. Simply uh, email astonishingfit at gmail.com. And this is astonishing spelled with an H because my first name is Ashton. Short version of that is Ash. So astonishingfit at gmail.com. They could also follow me on Instagram or DM me as well on Instagram at astonishingfit. That, that's the easiest way. I'm, <clears throat> word of mouth has traditionally been uh, how, I, how, how clients are referred to me. So people do that. They find me on, on Instagram. They'll shoot me a, you know, a DM or email me. In the meantime, as I build my, my virtual training you know, platform, then I'll have the website, the brand, everything is going to be a launch. It's going to be, it's going to be spectacular because it's, it's, it's going to be next level. It's going to be astonishing. Did I say that right? You said it right. <laughs> astonishing. <laughs> um. Well, when you get all of that up and running, I want to have you back on the show and just to continue to see the growth by you and the, and the great uh, person you are that I know you to be, especially not just personally, but in the community. So looking forward to having you back, Ashton, and good luck with everything. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you much, Corey. You have a good one and look forward to being back on the show. Great. Plus dealing with the COVID hitting with, with the gym business and, and Wahlburgers and making changes with the Wahlberg management. And trying to pivot as hard as we can to stay alive and keep the franchisees, you know, in, in business. Um, and then how do we take advantage of some of the opportunities to use our capital to jump into some spaces um, that, you know, are, are meaningful spaces. And of course, we love the health and wellness space. So we, we spent a lot of time looking at other investments in the space. Um, you know, Mark just got an ownership position in PowerPlate which we love. They have a yep. great massage gun. And it's, you know, if anybody that knows it, love it. you know, they have the power play scanner that vibrates. It's so great for your, your support muscles and the smaller muscles people don't realize it burns more calories. <clears throat> and the more I learned about it, you know, I negotiated the deal. It's just incredible. So we always have, you know, Mark's, you know, between Mark and I, you know, Mark being a celebrity who's also very business minded and has a tremendous, you know, uh, Rolodex, you know, uh, not to date myself using term Rolodex, but you know, <laughs> such, a, such an amazing Rolodex, you know, 
Um, and then me with all of my connections and being in the industry and just being in business all these years and dealing with a lot of, you know, venture capital folks, you know, because even though, you know, we sold the GMC, you know, three times, you had to meet like 20 groups yeah. before you sold to one. Uh, so you get to meet a lot of great people and, you know, you learn a lot from that experience. You know, you do, we used to call the dog and pony shows, like starting on Wednesday night, they take you to dinner and try and get you drunk and pump you for questions or answers. Um, and then you have to stand in front of them the next day yeah. and kind of grind it out. And then you have to do it that night with a different group. Um, well, what was your drink of choice, Tom? What was your drink of choice when you're in that set, when you're in that setting? Um, you know, I would, I was smart enough. I like drinking, but I was smart enough to have vodka and soda because it would help with hangovers and I'd go gotcha. right over the vodkas. Um, and I would actually go, I remember we were up in, uh, in a restaurant here in Pittsburgh and uh, I was like, listen, dude, just give me soda. Like after yeah. like three, I said, <laughs> I don't care. Charge us for the vodka. I don't care because nothing's worse than being hungover in front of those guys who are really sharp guys for the most part, um, you know, and, and being all rattled. And, you know, we had a, um, the Hong Kong group and we were reading the names once and we're like, oh, this will be an easy meeting. These guys couldn't even pronounce their names. Like these are all Asian dudes that are like, yeah. really, they'll come in with just big money, but they will barely speak English and, you know, we'll be a piece of cake. They came in and kicked our ass. They knew more about Pittsburgh sports and yep. <laughs> they were still on it. And they were probably the toughest group. And we thought we were going to get that deal done with that because we actually liked them. You know, I mean, the chair, you know, chairman was there and he told some jokes. And then I'll never forget, man, they were like, well, we want to go to a Chinese restaurant. We're like, oh, okay. We thought you want to do something different. Nope. They, the minute the chairman took his tie off, we started drinking. I oh, yeah. People drink so much. I mean, you know, we were crippled. I basically slept in my office downtown. We had a car drop us off, and I had to go upstairs into my office and sleep on the couch because these guys destroyed us. Uh, they just go after it, man. Um, and we thought we were getting a deal done, uh, but we didn't get it with them. But you know, it's, it's, it's a funny thing, right? Oh, the, those are the days, I'm sure, especially, first of all, when everyone was going out in the world, which leads me to my next question. What's one pivotal thing you learned this last year with COVID? I will tell you, for me, we were able to pivot real easy. I mean, easy being a, a relative word, but we did a lot of live streaming. Live streaming for the fitness industry was pivotal because most companies would go out with a regular app and you would work out from home and you would do the app. But the thing about, for me in boutique fitness is it's all about community, right? So the ability to work out with your trainers, your actual trainers in your studio and us live streaming was really a lifesaver for us. Um, and yeah. so we, that's what we learned in, in 2020. What was it for you? And I know you have multiple businesses, but anything stand out on, on how you were able to pivot and shift given the market? Well, you know, listen, to, to, I hate to say it this way, but COVID has been good for the nutrition business. Yeah. Yeah. So I you know our web sales doubled since March with us doing actually less marketing. Um, you know, so, our high growth and, and now COVID issues are catching up to us. We just found out we have three of our supplements coming in stock. Uh, wow. To pick up today, finally, we've been out of stock on zinc, for example, for like three months almost. Because uh, you know, our growth is going this way, you know, and now we're starting to get hit with COVID issues. Like we couldn't get caps. We couldn't get the, the seal on top of the bottle that the cap goes over. Yep. It will cost us like a week. And then we had the plants, you know, like our protein bar plant is at 25% capacity. Wow. Plant. In capacity for three weeks because of, you know employees kept getting COVID. So you know we had that problem, and then we had the same thing with one of our other manufacturers with COVID. They had to shut the plant down for three days. So you know high growth, 
COVID problems. And we were pretty good because, you know, obviously I'm friends with a lot of folks still in business and in this industry. And you know, they were telling me, I was like, dude, man, we're lucky. We're dodging all that. And then all of a sudden at the end of the year, <laughs> everything caught up with us. I was like, oh, well, you know, we got through it. So, um, so to answer your question, I guess, you know, we didn't really, the, the biggest pivot we had to do is get more aggressive with our ordering um, and really stay focused on that, you know, because, you know, we would place big orders, we thought, based on historical numbers, and then, you know, reach out and say, oh, by the way, this happened at the end of the year, um, we, we want to carry all your, your pills now. And I'm the guy, it's tough to say no to anything. So I'm like, yes, I, we'll figure out a way to get more, yeah. give it to them. You know, and it's a military partner and we love the military. Yeah. I was like, give it to them. And we love their great partners with us. Um, but then it put us in a tough spot. And I don't care about selling it online. I, you know, I put the retail part first. Um, so, you know, so then that was a good example of us then having to place even bigger ones and chase it and everything else. So, you know, growth is, is hard to manage. Everybody, you know, makes the point, well, it's a good problem. But, you know, it's still a problem. And to me, being out of stock and like, you know, being a retailer is like a sin. It makes me... You know, yeah. insane. Um, you know, because I'm used to being on their side too. So I get it on both ends. So now I'm losing out financially by not being able to give it to them and sell it to our customers online, even in our other web businesses. And enjoy and, and I'm pissing them off. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I you know they beat me up a little bit, and I'm thinking to myself, you don't need to beat me up. Like I'm already torturing myself, you know, losing more hair and losing more sleep, and you know, um, you know, so it's uh stuff so the biggest pivot was being more aggressive for us kind of getting as far ahead of it as we could from ordering standpoint and even then we're running into the problems where we have big orders sitting out there that's like literally we have a month and a half we're a month and a half behind getting those supplements that i mentioned as of today we still don't have them yeah so everything's pushed out further so now we'll get a big chunk of stuff and we already have backup po's place yeah i mean that's probably the worst case scenario, but you manage through it. And that's what you do. You just push forward. It is what it is. The market's definitely going to change, hopefully for the better in a little bit of short time. What would you recommend then last couple of questions? What would you recommend to someone just starting out? They're looking at the PI supplement line. What do they get started with? What, what, what should, what should you get started with? Yeah, I mean, you know, it depends on what you need to do. You know, if you're, if you're thin, you know, and you need to put on weight, obviously gainer, I think yep. everybody should start with a good multivitamin. We have a very I agree. Whole food multi uh, with a little kick of energy in it. You know, energy is red hot for everything. And, you know, I always loved, um, you know, the energy properties in our products. So, you know, we start with, um, you know, protein, you know, good core protein. If you're, if you're trying to lose some weight or just working out, you're starting, you know, take a good protein for convenience. You know, it's, you know, great way to get a high quality protein into your system. You know, the multi and then, you know, what do you need? Do you, turmeric, you know, other things like that to help you. So, you know, we have over 55 SKUs now. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Part of being a lifestyle brand is you have to have a full assortment to cater to that consumer. So, you know, the 17-year-old daughter who's a cheerleader that, you know, is worried about being healthy and keeping her weight down and being, having energy to get out there and do everything or run track. You know, we, in growing up like we started to in the industry, you know, and my son was a state champ in Taekwondo, and you're sitting in the dojo and you're being like, well, is this stuff safe? And you're like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's not safe. I know why, because a baseball player just said he got he tested positive for steroids because he was in GNC. You know, of course, the GNC, I would throw lawyers at him all day long and they'd be, oh, yeah, it wasn't that. Yeah, we know it wasn't that. Nobody's ever put steroids in a protein powder, by the yep. way. 
there was some scandals with Viagra and some of the male virility yeah. stuff back in the day, but like nobody really cared about that. <laughs> we actually sold a lot of product. Uh, yeah, that, exactly. You know, but you know, that that's the kind of thing that hurt the industry. So that's one of the reasons we've modeled our product growing up and knowing that. And I have people ask me all the time, you know, like, is this stuff safe? And can, can my son take this? Can my daughter take this? Um, so, you know, start off with a good multi, good protein. You know, if you, if you have trouble snacking, you know, grabbing junk, you know, protein bars. We even have a protein cookie that we're relaunching. You know, one nice. of the casualties of uh, COVID was losing our manufacturer. Um, the cookie manufacturer is pretty kind of small, but I like that. Yep. And then COVID put them out of business. So ah. we had to, you know, pivot and find another baker, get to work with protein, which is very hard to do. Um, so that was it. So, you know, we offer the snacks. You know, the, the drinks we have are great. You know, people drink, you know, even somebody in my office drinks like soda. I'm like, why would you drink soda? I know. I'm going to drink diet soda. Don't drink that. It's even worse. Yeah. You're better off just drinking your regular soda because diet soda is worse. So, you know, so even the drinks, you know, people, if they just start being more conscious. And listen, I battle my diet, my diet, my, my weight, you know, almost since my mid-30s. You know, one of the casualties of being on the road so much as a regional sales director and stopping at yeah. Wendy's. And, you know, being a power lifter back in the day and literally ordering two meals at every sit down, you know, when I could burn it off. And then all of a sudden you start working more and next thing you still have that appetite, <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden this big Irish head starts growing, you know, like, oh my God. So, you know, yeah, I, I'm always watching my weight. So I think that's a, almost a good thing, you know, because I always understand what people deal with and how exactly. to do it. And it helps me decide like what we make and how why they're meaningful. Um, you know, my, like my Peloton I'm into now, I'm usually in the top three percentile. Nice. EI underscore nutrition. Everybody wants to follow me. Um, but, you know, I really, I'm still strong, you know, and I can go. And now that I've built up my aerobic, you know, element, because I was never big on that since, you know, when I was you know, in the 20s and stuff with jogging and stuff. Um, it's really helped me with the bike, which is great. So now I just need to do it, you know, instead of two or three days a week, I need to do it four to five days a week. And that yep. really helps, you know, pull down the weight. But, you know, um, it's great being healthy, you know, having healthy choices and, you know, everybody, if they look at our website, we have a full assortment of pretty much every product they can need for, you know, the core person. And again, we, we use the phrase, the everyday athlete. Yeah. I really love that because, you know, for the, for the woman that's, you know, golfing or you know, yoga, the guy's lifting maybe two, three days a week and he's 55, 60, like all of our products, you know, we have something for them, you know, and the, and the BCAAs for recovery are important you know, based on your age, um, you know, we love the pre-workouts and that market's on fire, by the way. On we, fire. It is on fire. Another one. Yeah. We added uh, the apex pre-workout because our, our expensive one, you know, that was kind of like my, my stake in the ground and say PI is real. And it took me nine months to get that formula right. Wow. You know, well, it's easy to jack you up and just make you, sure. you know, make you crash. I mean, I could, anybody can load up a bunch of, you know, active ingredients, but the key is to get it, to the like a mad scientist to get it right where yeah. you get them to a great place and they don't feel sick and crazy and they don't drop you off a cliff and it's hard and man i mean i we probably spent a thousand dollars um on just fedex sending stuff back wow. to Wahlberg and them to me and me back and fighting with them about you know because these guys get deal fatigue too you're like come on dude like settle and i'm like yeah no this has to be our ferrari this is like our this People have to feel it the right way. That'll really show the world. And we did that with our Inspired Bar too. We targeted Quest and just made it, you know, 10 times better from a formulation standpoint with chromium and like I said, the probiotic, prebiotic, the whole deal. So we have every one of our products we take and we make it a little bit better. 
you know, we're at 25 grams of protein and our protein yep. at 24. And, you know, even my manufacturer's like, you know how much money you'd save? I go, yeah, I know, but listen. It's not about that. That's what I love yeah. about brands like yours because other brands sort of dilute all of that. They don't, they don't put the time and the effort into it. I mean, that's just the nature of the business right. with so much, so much competition. It's like a right. rush to the market. Right. And then, you know, we add like to our core whey protein, we add digestive enzymes because a lot of people complain about bloat. You know, not realizing it's probably because of the dairy they're doing, but we yeah. put the digestive enzymes so they even get more benefit from the protein. And then we add fiber, like fiber is not sexy, but we put five grams of fiber in it, but it's good for satiety and mouthfeel. Yeah. And it's, fiber's good for you, man. People don't get it. Like it's so important to your life and your health and your digestive tract. And it helps you, you know, like I said, with satiety. But, you know, fiber, it's not sexy, but it's also expensive and it adds to your bulk. Yeah, it's your shipping costs. Shipping costs. So there's a lot of those things that people, even our, even our all natural stance adds to our shipping costs, believe it or not, because we have real ingredients in there that add, even if you're adding, call it 5% to your bulk, when you do the math on shipping, that's a lot of money every year <laughs> that we blow out for that. But again, that's where we want to be. We're winning the battle. We're winning people over to show that, you know, all natural doesn't mean it's watered down. All natural doesn't mean it's, you know, super expensive you know sure. you get a lot for, for the money with pi so we're right in a very competitive space um with that excuse that uh, we're, we're very competitive um you know across the board with all of our formulas so yep. it's you know really good so last hard-hitting question tom i need for you to be absolutely honest if you're stuck on an island and you could only watch one movie i want you to think about this would it be braveheart or boogie nights be completely honest Oh, wow. Well, you threw me for a loop with your first over question. I fumbled the ball. <laughs> the question. Well, Braveheart's, a, Braveheart's a fantastic movie. I'm just saying, if you only had one choice, Tom, be a leader, which, which decision are you going to make? Yeah. Well, I have to say Boogie Nights for the sake of my relationship and love for Mark. And um, I just love seeing how young he looks. And I think it's his best movie. You know, I, I, he's got a lot of great movies. I mean, you know, Listen, the guy's the hardest working guy I know. He's so talented. Um, but, you know, that movie to me, just seeing him, you know, that young just cracks me up for one. You know, it's funny because, you know, I remember when we first started being friends and like, you know, I went to a movie to go see, and I can't remember the movie now. Um, it was just so cool because he's like, hey, call me when you're done. I was yeah. with my son and we got in my car and a speaker. It's just so odd to me to hear his voice. And I just saw him in the big screen. And I remember just thinking how crazy that was. Now I'm pretty jaded over the last, you know, 12, yeah. 13 years. But, you know, those are cool moments. But I still take a lot of pride and get excited when I see him on TV. You know, I'm flipping. You know, just the other night, I was just, the TV went on. I looked up and Four Brothers was on. And, you know, I still kind yeah. of give that. And I'll still watch it for like 10 minutes just to kind of, even though I've seen it a bunch of times. But, you know, so that's why I would pick that movie. Um, you know, Saving Private Ryan, by the way. Probably would have been my number one answer in the beginning of this. Great movie. Uh, that's probably that and Goodfellas. I don't know why I blanked out so much, but uh, and, Goodfellas and, and Saint Pryor Ryan, um, and you know those are those are definitely in the top three. Fantastic, you you made up for the first answer. So great job, Tom. Um, I have to thank you so much. I know you're a busy man. I'm looking forward to at some point visiting some of our studios in, in the Pittsburgh area and, and you'll treat me to a PI shake. Um, how do people find out about performance inspired and, and follow you? And I'll put all of that in my notes as well, but let's hear it from you. Well, yeah. PI nutrition.com Walmart. We're on now. We're, you know, we're in bodybuilding.com. 
Um, you know, we're pretty much on everything meaningful in the dot-com space. Um, you know, we're really excited about, you know, our uh, military business. So if you're in the military, go in and check us out. You know, we're, we're growing very fast there. We love it. Um, you know, and you know, check our retailers on our site as well. It's a big deal down on Instagram. Uh, follow me there. And, you know, just with the Bryson deal we did this week, all of a sudden I'm getting a bunch of followers, which is kind of cool. Oh, yeah. yeah How know, do they know about your Peloton success? <laughs> Uh, follow PI underscore nutrition. Okay. I, I know, and, and I'm such a whore. You know, I put, you know, I got Mark's picture in the name of the right company, you know, and I just and I just posted up on three of my cards. I put our website on the back window. I just got a new truck. I, um, you know, I got a G Wagon. I have to brag a little bit, which I, you know, I, I went on Instagram. I saw it. Yeah, so I got rid of Bentayga, the Bentley, um, and I was like, what am I going to get that's cool? It's different. And I said, oh, let me get the G Wagon. I heard they just redid it. And I call my dealership and I have great relationship. I'm like, oh yeah, we can get it for you. It would be like a year. And, um, and I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. And then I call my buddy in California. He's like, yeah, well, we're charging like 30 to 50 grand for used ones. So I was like, you're kidding me. <laughs> so the next day I'm actually in the shower. I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to get? And I was like, holy crap. We know the president of North America, Mercedes, is Mark's buying a crazy car. And we filmed a show down there for, for Wall Street um, down in Atlanta. So, and we had some, we sending him product. So I emailed him, he's like, what color do you want? And I was like, bingo. And then he called the dealership and said, hey, get Tom whatever he wants, let him pick, and I'll move him to the head of the list. So I was like, great, great. The world's so incestuous and the connections are great it's sometimes. True. You know, most of the time people were pecking at me for stuff, you know, but it was great to kind of take advantage of a relationship and, you know, for that. So but anyway, I put my website up, all the cards, my wife's like, what about F45 and Wahlburgers? And, and I was like, yeah. I well, you can't have everything on there. I can't have I mean, everything. I look at, yeah, you know, my wife would say the same thing. thing. Yeah, so that's, uh, so that's it. But thanks for that question. Yeah, so follow us, you know, Performance Inspired on Facebook and you know, Instagram and me, you know, on Instagram and uh, Twitter. Um, and yeah, we just post fun stuff. And you know, we're all about, you know, inspiring people to be more active. You know, Mark's the face of it now. And Bryson's the face of it, you know, as well. You know, Bryson's so into it. So um, you know, Mark's just been an amazing partner. We have fun. He wakes me up, you know, every day almost, you know, depending on when he's in Europe, it's brutal, you know, but, um, you yeah. know, he's so engaging and, you know, it's like if he, if I don't hear from him in a day, which is very rare, like, it's like, yeah. what's going on? This is insane. You know, um, and some days we're talking 10 times a day, depending on what's going on. Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, follow Mark if you're not, he's, he's really getting into it now and, you know, being creative and posting a lot of cool stuff. And uh, yeah, so that's it. Thanks, Tom. I really appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much.